the Toledo Lucas County Public Library system is now back up and running following that cyber attack, what can people expect? Well, well you know, more of the same uh, great things that people have come to expect from the library. And the nice thing about, I guess, there are silver linings to that cybersecurity incident. We, um, we got to see people using the library back in the ways that they used to, I think. And, and uh, I, we wanted to remind folks that even though we were down for uh, two weeks on a technology side, you know, people could still come in, browse, check out books. I, you know, I heard stories of kids that were learning to play board games that they'd never played before. Um, so it was an interesting kind of, uh, not an experiment I'd want to conduct again, but an interesting experiment where we got to see what it's like to live offline for a little bit. Uh, um, uh, and uh, I think people took good advantage of that. But, you know, we're, um, Right before the uh, the cybersecurity incident, we were um, really celebrating um, uh, the Imagination Library Initiative that the library took over recently um, uh, from the United uh, the Women's Initiative of the United Way of Greater Toledo. Uh, and for those that don't know, the Imagination Library Initiative is a program uh, uh, created by Dolly Parton uh, and supported by the mayor's or the governor's office and the, and the first lady um, to deliver books to kids every month from zero to five years old. So by the time they go into first grade, they could have a library of 60 books uh, in their own home. And so uh, we were talking to United Way about what it looks like to have that program at the library and it seemed like a really good fit for us. Um, and we can add all kinds of sort of wraparound services to, to that program. So um, we're really hoping to get a lot more kids signed up for that. And we know that there are about 30,000 kids in Lucas County who are eligible. Um, and uh, we only have, a, uh, I want to say, uh, we've, got, we've got a little ways to go still. I think we only have about like 10 or 11,000 signed up so far. So I'd like to kind of really uh, increase those numbers. What value is there in the library's community-based programming? Because it's definitely expanded over the years and only gotten better and more people have gotten involved. Well, I think one of the things, um, you're 100% right. We have a new strategic roadmap and, and a set of priorities for the organization. And one of the things that we're really excited about is being able to double down on what the library does best and to invite our community partners to come in and do what they do best. And so I think people need, you know, re remember that the library is also not just a place where you come to get books or to have meetings, but it's, uh, it's a platform on which uh, a lot of our partners can build uh, new knowledge, new culture, new ideas. Um, and I'm really excited about sort of re reinforcing that for our community. And so we'll start to see a lot more programming coming from partners in our, you know, letting our experts in our community do those programs uh, and, and really listening to the community and seeing what uh, folks want and what they need. We know that our Metro Parks programming has been really successful. We have a strong partnership with the, with Imagination Station and the Arts Commission and the, and, and the symphony and the opera. And so we're, we are always continuing to grow those partnerships and, um, uh, it's a great way for, you know, one of the things that is amazing about the library is that we do have that infrastructure, that footprint in Lucas County so that everybody lives pretty close to a branch somewhere or main library. Um, uh, and so being able to bring some of those resources that may uh, have a limited uh, physical footprint, um, uh, can, we can sort of roll that out to the library's infrastructure and reach a lot more people. The library definitely had to make a pivot like every other organization during the COVID-19 pandemic. And for the longest part of the year, you guys were doing virtual programming so people could still attend these types of events, but digitally. Right, and it's interesting. We were we were closed to the public for about 45 calendar days, but we knew it was really important for us to get back open as soon as possible, in part because 
um, you know, we, we had created a lot of virtual ways for people to get the books and the DVDs and resources that they wanted for their home, uh, including a lot of activity and to-go kits that we're making for, um, for adults and, and students. Um, but we know that there's, you know, people still needed to get onto computers to apply for benefits, to apply for jobs, to, to connect with uh, loved ones, you know, far away. We know that there's a big, um, you know, we still have a digital divide in our community where uh, about a third of our community members don't necessarily have broadband at home or the technology they need to access it. So it was really important for us to open up as quickly as possible, but you're right. We, we experimented with a lot of different types of virtual programming. I think that um, you know, this fall we've been we've moved back to uh, a lot of in-person programming, and I, I have to say, I, from what I'm hearing, uh, a lot of folks really appreciate that. Uh, there's nothing better than seeing those pictures of, of story times with with the the kids and their caregivers or parents with them, um, and uh, it's pretty special. And it's something that we certainly missed throughout most of 2020. Um, and so I think. While we'll still continue to offer some hybrid programs, because I think it, there's an accessibility issue there and it, it allows um, more access to some of the things, um, I think a lot of it is really about reinforcing our, our locations as a place for people to be uh, with each other or by themselves. One thing people don't often realize when they think of the library is their partnership with educators in our community. So providing those resources for teachers and students, as you just mentioned. So how has the community benefited from that? Yeah, it's a good question. And one of the things, uh, you know, I was mentioning our strategic priorities prior and uh, we, two of our priorities for uh, the next four years include um, helping kids learn to read from ages zero to three, uh, a third grade, and, uh, uh, and then also helping uh, students succeed. So uh, we really know that, I mean, has anybody, I mean, we, we, everybody had it hard during 2020, but I think uh, students and teachers really, uh, you know, had a, a steep climb ahead of them to, to deal with COVID. And so for us, it was really about how can the library support teachers and, and, and parents and childcare providers uh, and other educators. And so we've really kind of doubled down on our education resources and, and trying to um, acknowledge that the you know, educators have a very hard job and we, we have a lot of resources that we can bring to bear. Um, we have programs like tutor.com that provide real live tutoring for, for students after school. Uh, that's for the older kids, but um, you know, we're also uh, working with class, classroom visits. You know, we can't necessarily get into a lot of schools because of COVID protocols still, but we uh, are working to make sure that we're um, not only engaging with the teachers, but also trying to uh, make sure that the school systems are sharing information with the with the teachers and, and, and through some of the pre-existing communication channels they have. So we're trying to be a little bit smarter about how we um, uh, make our resources available or known to, to teachers and educators. And uh, a lot of that is available at ToledoLibrary.org. We're trying to make that also just really easy to find when people come to the website too. And if people want to stay connected with the updates from the library, how can they go about doing that? And I know you guys have, of course, social media, but you also have newsletters as well. Yeah, that's a hundred. You know, one of the, I really am proud of our, our communications resources for the community. I mean, we are all bombarded with information all day long. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things we're trying to do is really tailor um, information from the library to what you need and what you want. So there's a number of different types of newsletters people can sign up for, whether it's the different types of books they're interested in, or the genres, or the subject matter. And so all of that at, at ToledoLibrary.org, um, people can sign up for those uh, and also sign up for our general newsletter. I mean, honestly, uh, the people who receive our general newsletter, the cardholder newsletter, uh, they were the first to really know, um, uh, you know, in addition to our staff and some of the media about how 
what was happening with our cybersecurity situation and how we were handling that. And so it's, it's a good way for people to be connected. And one of our goals for uh, the next four years is to get 90% of Lucas County residents uh, with a library card in their hand. Um, and uh, certainly by uh, signing up for that library card and getting on our newsletter is a good way for people to, to stay informed of everything that we're doing. Jason Kuksma, director of the Toledo Lucas County Library, thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for the talk.